0: We're talking Dynasty in our new Triflex leagues on Roto-Viz Without Radio. Roto-Viz. Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We're two of the owners here at Rotoviz. We talked about it last week. The FFPC is now offering Rotoviz TriFlex Dynasty Leagues. We are super excited about them. We're going to be talking about this format a lot. And Curtis, can you quickly touch upon why this is so exciting? Why, if listeners aren't playing Dynasty, that should change. And then also, you know, we're going to be talking about this format a lot on the show. Can you relate it back to is why it makes sense for people that are Rotoviz listeners to digest something about the specifics of these type of leagues?
1: Yeah, for sure. So the, um, the, the first thing is, this is an exciting, you know, I think deeper level partnership between roto and, and FFPC. Uh, our longtime subscribers, you know, have used a lot of our analysis and tools that have been made specifically for FFPC, you know, to post top 12 main event finishes like Sean and I did last year, <laughs> um, win high stakes dynasty leagues, win best ball leagues, Mike Beers, and, and all the great tools that he's built for us over the years leveraged, uh, for that format. So it's a format that, you know, our subscribers are very, uh, familiar with and our listeners very familiar with tight end premium is part of the backbone, you know, whether it's a one QB or super flex situation, but something, there's been something that's always kind of stuck in my craw a little bit, uh, about playing at FFPC because running backs end up very overvalued, uh, because there's only two flex spots available, uh, in these leagues historically. Uh, they force us to use a kicker and a defense um, and so you can end up in a situation where you can start four running backs and just two wide receivers and so what what typically has happened is that ADP for running backs has been inflated trade value for running backs has been inflated it bleeds over to the rookie drafts every year and you know back in the days when I was manning the dynasty command center slack chat I'd get all these ffpc players that are like You know, the the first six picks in my rookie draft are going to be running backs that aren't even going to go. You know, some of them won't even go until the end of day two. And uh, who should I take at 106? And and, like, how about the wide receiver one? Um, But, you know, people couldn't do that because, you know, leagues are micro uh, economies. Um, and FFPC was very, uh, much so that. So as beautiful as the website was and the app was and the commissioner service, all of those things, something that I always wanted to do. And I know a lot of the guys, uh, here at the site have wanted to do is find a way to play more of a traditional dynasty game there where every position had a little bit more of an equal value. So Superflex has helped with that. Uh, it's helped, helped us over the last five years as it's risen to prominence. Uh, value the quarterback position tight end premium has done that for the tight end position but until we balance that wide receiver position out we just weren't going to get there so rotoviz triflex uh triflex dynasty format forces uh, or requires or allows you to uh if we want to put the positive spin on it start three wide receivers at the wide receiver position in your starting lineup and then you also have three flex spots why because we eliminated kickers and defense those noisy, noisy things in dynasty leagues. I like kickers and defense and best ball and redraft. I think there's there's edge. We've proven that year after year after year. We had a lot of great articles on uh, roster construction theory uh, at those two positions. But in dynasty, it's not a player. I mean, the, you're at the mercy of the GM. I mean, you're not like really drafting talent. You're drafting scheme and a defensive coordinator and how much ball control the team has. I mean, you guys understand it, right? so eliminating those two positions adding the flex adding the third wide receiver you now have the most beautiful possible dynasty starting lineup situation and it's got the road brand name on it i mean we obviously stand by this thing it's gonna be beautiful dave uh, marty you you and i we were so excited to sign up we both signed up for the first 250 fifty dollar league that opened we're competing against each other, yes. so we're, that's obviously gonna have to have a spotlight on it on the pod here.
0: Yes, yeah, you know, we we that's why. Like, I feel like we have to make sure we properly introduce this because we're gonna end up talking about this. I am really glad that you mentioned that about the fact that there is no defense that my starting lineup does not need to have a kicker. And like you said, I don't mind those positions. I to some extent actually have started to enjoy them in redraft. The more that people push back on them, but I don't want to have to be wasting roster space in a dynasty league on carrying defense or kicker. Uh, And the other cool thing, Curtis, is the league that we are in is a best ball league too, which takes off some of the pressure that I would have each week of setting my a million lineups on top of all the other things. So if you're looking into getting into dynasty and you're not quite sure if you have that huge time commitment yet, this is a great way to get in. I have been waiting for best ball dynasty leagues like this. That's why I was so excited. Let's take a step back now though. Right. Um, and you hit upon it before, uh, why trading is such a major part of how you play. Now for those in startups, what are common deals that you see involving picks that actually get done? So if somebody hops into one of these leagues and they're interested in making moves that just involve picks in the startup, What are what are realistic scenarios of how that could play out?
1: Yeah. We could probably do like a 10 part series where I just talk about each type of trade <laughs> for like 45 minutes <laughs> right. uh, because every startup's so different. Um, the, the beautiful thing about um, the FFPC startup drafts though, uh, is that, I mean, the app is so intuitive to use and allows you to send um, trades uh, very easily. The timer's there. Everyone's watching that. Like it, it, the way the FFPC startups are set up encourages activity. So that's the first thing. Um, and we've already got, I'm sure you have, I don't think I'm like giving away a strategic, uh, advantage here. I've already received a lot of messages, uh, in our league of people looking to move around and and having those chats. And it's a week before our startup has started. So, um, the, the, the first thing is, you know, trying to, to pour that energy into the league and respond when you get those things. But, um, you typically find different type of types of drafters. You know, the first would be those guys uh, or gals that get in early, you know, top three, top five pick and you know want to want to parlay that into additional roster value they trade out they don't need the patrick mahomes they don't need the christian mccaffrey and they trade out of the first round altogether yep you know maybe to to pick up another uh draft selection within the first five rounds or sometimes you know they they will trade back out of the second round and pick up a future rookie first something like that when you're at the tippy top of the draft it's very expensive so you got to make sure you get a haul so so that's the first thing that you see then you get these productive struggle types. This is like the Ryan McDowell over a DLF way of playing where um, you you draft young and you don't necessarily worry about the elite. You're trying to draft um, often uh, within the first five to eight to 10 rounds, but you're not as concerned about how many picks at the very tippy top of the draft that you make. So you draw the 110, and eh, that's after a tier break for me. I'm going to trade back that first round pick for a fourth and a fifth or a fourth and an eighth or a fourth plus next year's first. And we just get way out of those tiers and and pick up extra future value. Those are things that you see. And then the trades that I really like to do are to take advantage of, not even take advantage of, I guess, take advantage of situations, not take advantage of people, <laughs> but continually look at the roster building. No, because I mean, you, you have to try to make yep. fair trades because it instills uh, inter-owner Uh, like it's, it builds that collegiality. It builds trust, you know, that you're not going to get ripped off or try to, you know, pull one over on people. But you can look at, there are roster construction experiments that go awry and people miss out on their tiers or they, they, they fail to make a trade that they want or they get locked into a certain position for more rounds than they want to. So even during the startup, I like to trade away players I've selected or trade for players that were selected by someone else. It's so much easier to get any trade done while the startup's happening than it ever will be ever again uh when your league is going on the, the next best time to make a trade is a year after your startup during the rookie draft basically um and so you know there's are different types of trades you know trade somebody trading up for the elite person giving up a future rookie first or the you know yep. the counter side of that is taking that first getting out of that elite tier uh or or just you know drafting often but not early got it Got it. I think
0: that would be helpful. I, I think that another question that people will have if they're just getting into this is if they're playing in a dynasty best ball league, does that impact the way that they should be drafting and the strategy that they should be using? The fact that it's going to be a best ball league versus one where you're managing setting the lineup each week?
1: Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, especially with the deep uh, the deep rosters here. So best ball at FFPC we're talking twenty-eight deep with no kickers and defenses. These are deep rosters, um, and so when you think about uh, when you think about how we've typically tried to win in best ball at RotoViz, which is um, either you know, I, and I hate the term at this point. I'm just so tired of the term, but we know what it means that the zero RB type construct where we're not investing a lot at running back, and we're getting as many elite wide receivers as we can, especially now that we're starting three of them and can start hypothetically up to 6 with the three flex spots if one of them outperforms a quarterback in a given week right we want as many highly volatile uh, elite wide receivers as we can find and we're just trying to scrape to, together two running backs that you know through building through the rookie draft and subsequent years building through those receiving backs or those guys that maybe didn't break out in year 1 I mean, we're we're really drafting kind of a lot of like a best ball redraft league except we want to focus a little bit more on youth because of the dynasty element or try to you know uh grab some of those those future picks uh to build out that roster so it will impact it, it will make me even more willing to invest highly at wide receiver highly at quarterback and ignore running back uh than it would in in a you know, a roster management league, if you will.
0: Yep. And then an important note just to follow up on that is though these leagues are best ball, you can make in season waiver wire moves, which speaks even more so to the idea of if you need to just kind of piecing together a running back core as the season moves along. So to sum that up, I think it should change your strategy as to how you're drafting, not necessarily the specific players that you might be drafting, there's some element to that that you can make a case for. But I think the larger takeaway is that this gives you some more flexibility with how you could actually assemble the team, specifically in your startup. Um,
1: we have, yep. yeah yeah, and, and the one the one other thing I'll add yep. there is it's gonna it's gonna reshape the top of the dynasty startup ADP over there, and so we're gonna actually have a separate uh, function within our dynasty ADP tools that will allow you to track rotoviz triflex dynasty league adp separate from traditional or classic ffpc dynasty adp and you know to to give you an example of this dave uh let's let's see here let's go let's turn on the Superflex function here Uh, i'm in the in the tool right now i've got it sort of just by running back we have 13 running backs uh going in the in the first 32 picks of dynasty startups in a super flex Mm -hmm. format okay so uh 13 in the, in the top 32 wide receivers. Uh, we don't get to a wide receiver 13 until pick 56 of the draft. And there's actually five wide receivers going in the top 32 <laughs> to, to paint, uh, that picture there. So you're going to see this flipped on its head and I imagine, you know, that's going to be more in the nine to 10 range on the backs and more in the eight to 10 range on the receivers, much more balanced, much more freedom to build your roster the way that you want to.
0: Very, very
1: true. What's up, Road of His listeners? It's Colin Kelly here, executive producer of Road of His Radio and one of the co-hosts of the Road of His Overtime podcast. I just wanted to drop by and say thank you, as always, for listening into another Road of His radio production. As a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself ten percent off a Road of His NFL pass right now at Rotoviz.com forward slash podcast, or by simply adding the code rvradio twenty twenty one at checkout. That'll get you access to all of the content and tools on the Road of His website, the best tools and content in the business for. Are the best listeners in the business. As always, we do appreciate you listening to each and every show. And if you do have five, 10, 15 seconds to spare, please drop a rating for today's show on your favorite podcast app. It is much appreciated. With all that said, thank you once again for tuning in. I hope you have a great day. Now let's get back to the show.
0: We talked about that these leagues will have the element of tight end premium, but with the extra flex spot, in addition to the fact that these leagues are super flex, are guys like George Kittle still that much of an advantage? Do they carry as much priority in a triflex league as they would maybe in just a regular super flex league?
1: I don't think they do as long as you take the approach of drafting two to three young upside uh, tight ends that have that ability to, to break out. So a, a lot of the things that we talk about, honestly, in our in our, uh, redraft best ball strategy notes you know each year looking for those guys that are gonna break out that ne- haven't you know necessarily done that the, the the one place you could potentially find an advantage if you really want to be over leveraged or over invested at the position is if you were to stack a Kelsey and a Waller or stack you know uh Waller and Kittle that type of thing then you are really limiting the points that the rest of the league can get at the position and they can also start in your flex spot. Um, but unless you're going to take that approach, I don't know that I love spending just like a solo early pick on a tight end. What, what are you thinking there? I'm going to pick your brain since I'm drafting against you. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually, um, agree with
0: you there. I think that the element of the additional flex spot opens you up to do things with your roster in a way that you wouldn't have before. So though Kittle in some situations and context might provide a team with an advantage, I don't think that this is a league where you're forced into trying to get the advantage at tight end and pick it up that way. And perhaps you can even gain some leverage in your draft by foregoing Kittle in that spot. Getting, like you said, a stronger group of wide receivers and then understanding, too, because it is best ball, it makes it easier to backfill in your tight end later on with some young players who can kind of become this hodgepodge. And then you hope that one of them emerges as your team starts to develop. So I I think I'm on board with you there.
1: All right. I am all sounds like we're going to both be fighting to stack Noah and Jared <laughs> cook or something like that. It's definitely what's going to happen. <laughs> yes.
0: Oh my gosh. And, and in regular best ball leagues, I've been seeing Jared uh, cook go as like the tight end 17. So I've been all over it. So I'm gonna have like an inherent Jared cook bias of trying to target him. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I am all in on Jamar chase. And to be frank, I'm also open to taking uh, Harris or ETN early considering what we know about this year's class. Should listeners be drafting a lot of the players in this year's class in startup leagues? Should we be really targeting it? Or is this class not that different than most where, you know, there's going to be those couple of guys that maybe people should be interested in, but you wouldn't recommend them just blindly loading up on rookies?
1: So I think um, we have to understand the history and the draft history at FFPC. While there are a lot of high stakes sharks playing dynasty over there, there's also a lot of people who are just used to playing Dynasty over there and aren't going to make that smart adjustment uh, for the third wide receiver and the additional flex spot. Um, and, and I think that running back will still probably have inflated ADP, which means in FFPC startups, particularly in these triflex flex Dynasty leagues, I expect Najee Harris and Travis Etienne to probably go earlier than you're going to be willing to take them, especially in this format uh, where quarterbacks are also very uh, much deserving of that early draft capital in general and dynasty startups i'm very supportive of of drafting each of those players you know pretty early i uh let me see here i've got a an active startup going on uh where i took naji harris at 308 so Superflex Superflex league it was my rb1 um after investing in other positions in round one and two i think i'm gonna have pretty instant roster equity there about a month and a half ago i wrote a pretty impactful article i think a three-year study um, on what happens with rookies before and after the NFL draft, and so if you're getting in that startup, regardless of your platform and regardless of those three players that Dave mentioned, Chase uh, Harrison, ETN, it does make sense to draft a lot of rookies in these startups, especially before the NFL draft, because once we have landing spots, any of those guys who either a get a good landing spot or b get the draft capital uh, that we're really looking for, they're gonna be they're gonna shoot up, you know, twenty percent more in their adp and and you're you're just making that roster equity so quickly uh for that investment versus players who are on the wrong side of you know maybe the the age apex for their position and, and never stand a chance to increase in value again so always want to encourage drafting rookies when you know especially as a tiebreaker between two players
0: yeah i um i'm pretty on board with the things that you say so i can't wait to see how this plays out when we're actually drafting um together and i believe that we are both in the back half of uh of the of the order too which should make it a little bit interesting so curtis i did not include this in the show sheet i wanted to get your completely frank take on this justin fields how excited are you going to be at the possibility of rostering justin
1: fields i'm pretty excited about it um i so We haven't talked about this yet. The way that I view Justin Fields is that he's in the same tier with Trevor Lawrence, um, and he's a tier above those next two guys. I mean, I have him separated above Zach Wilson. Um, I know that that's really the riser. That's the one that everyone's talking about. That's the guy that we think the Jets traded Darnold away for, if you believe all of the reports. Um, That's why they're confident trading him away rather is because they're they're so set on what Zach Wilson will bring to their team. But Justin Fields, I mean, he has the athleticism. We saw the forty time; it shows up. He he gets chunk yardage with his legs. Uh, he is an excellent downfield thrower. I've seen a lot of uh, film guys say that he actually has the highest quarterback rating in the class when he's not hitting his first read. That's not something that I would ever find like in the type of data or scouting that I do. Yep. But it's really impactful. I mean, when you think about Tra- Trevor Lawrence being spoken of as one of the all-time great, uh, quarterback prospects. And when you see him ranking QB eight in the class on, uh, uh on, you know, read two, three, um, it, that's like materially different than Justin Fields, uh, ranking at number one. And, you know, people are dinging him, I think unfairly for the transfer situation, but, um, that was a little bit racially motivated and, and coach and situation motivated. He's done nothing but dominate, uh, at a major power five school against top, top competition, yeah, I, I think he he showed that he's a, a warrior, uh, playing with half a rib cage after being completely just obliterated uh, in that Clemson game, uh, coming back in in the second half. So I, I'm really excited, man. I think I think Justin Fields is going to be an absolute star, uh, and and I would be very happy to have him as my QB two in a startup, and then kind of just fill in like super late with a Ryan Fitzpatrick or Ben Roethlisberger or somebody who can start for a year or two. Uh, while Justin Fields gets his uh, land legs under him in the NFL. What about you, man? Yeah, I'm really excited about
0: Justin Fields. I've gone through, I've looked at these quarterbacks, I went in thinking that Justin Fields would be my number two, tried to see if I could make a case for anybody to move above him, but from that dynasty lens, I think that he has such a strong level of rushing, but even if I remove that, there's a case that I can make for him in comparison to guys Like Trask, Jones, Wilson, Lance. I think that those guys all come with question marks. And for me personally, Fields has less question marks than those guys. So I think he's pretty solidified. And I also think there's a high possibility that we see him going to a team. He starts making a significant impact as a fantasy player right away. So I am very excited about Justin Fields.
1: Yeah, please. I, I, I haven't seen this team talked about much, but I would like to see him. Can we get him in Atlanta with Julio and Calvin Ridley? And like I would just, I would just really love to see him inside on the turf with that type of surrounding cast. That's what I'm hoping that Atlanta makes the smart choice uh, at at four overall. I don't think that they will. They seem dug in on Matt Ryan, but that's like my secret, you know, wishful landing spot for him. Let's let's dodge the Adam Gase bomb with Justin Fields.
0: That takes us to the end of the episode. Reminder: You want to win that Rotovis shirt? We got that sweet logo. It's going to be on a smoke gray or black background 978-615-9214. Please send us your questions or comments that will do it though. So make sure that you get those into to us as soon as you can. Thanks for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Dave Cabin and at C Patrick NFL. Email us at show at gmail.com. Visit rodoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information on listener-only discounts. And until next time, thanks for stopping by.